So, you know, we are girlfriends of a certain age. A thing I have noticed mm. quite apparently is that people around me are starting to get divorced. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it didn't just start, it's been going on for some time, but I see it ramping up. And I do know that more and more women stop tolerating a lot in midlife. And I think a lot more divorces happen. And so we cooked up this topic of, are you divorce curious? Mm. Uh, and I, you know, we found this amazing guest, a woman who I adore and love, Tamara Mendelssohn, who is a relationship coach and has a very fresh and interesting perspective Tamara is also the sponsor of, or one of the sponsors of today's episode. Hi, welcome to Girlfriends of a Certain Age, a podcast for women in midlife. We are busy living our best lives. I'm your co-host, Fleshe Hesh. I'm a business coach and work-life balance expert for women. And I'm your co-host, Jessica Neighbor. I'm a voice coach for vocalists and public speakers online at Impact Vocal Coaching. We are girlfriends in real life, and in every episode, we'll discuss a different hot topic about becoming wise women, recovering from being a good girl, and not giving a bleep anymore. If you identify as a girlfriend of any age and you want to join our conversation, join us on Instagram, YouTube, and girlfriendsofacertainage.com. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. Happy Monday. It's such a great way to start our week. I love being here with you. And I don't know, just sets set my whole week off on this really nice note of having this all juiced up from my girlfriend time and, and uh, being part of this community. I'm so psyched to be here today. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling really good. Same thing. It gives me something to chew on the rest of the week, you know, what we talk about in here. <laughs> And I'm really excited. I know you're going to announce uh, our, our special thing today, but I'm really excited about what is in store for our listeners today. So I'm going to let you uh, give the great reveal, but I'm just letting you know that I'm really happy over here. Yeah. Well, I, first I wanted to give a little bit of background about why we are doing this topic. So, mm. you know, we are girlfriends of a certain age. A thing I have noticed mm. quite apparently is that people around me are starting to get divorced. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it didn't just start, it's been going on for some time, but I see it ramping up. And I do know that more and more women stop tolerating a lot in midlife. And I think a lot more divorces happen. And so we cooked up this topic of, are you divorce curious? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, we found this amazing guest, a woman who I adore and love, Tamara mm -hmm. Mendelssohn, who is a relationship coach and has a very fresh and interesting perspective Tamara is also the sponsor of or one of the sponsors of today's episode. So it's just really fun. I feel like we're growing up having more guests on the show. Mm -hmm. And so Tamara, I want to welcome you. Hello. Hey, Tamara, welcome to Girlfriends of a Certain Age. You are definitely one of us. Hi. There she is, Tamara. Happy Monday. <laughs> so wonderful. We are so happy to have you here and play with us. So let me tell the girlfriends who you are and why they should be listening to you and your advice on relationships. So our dear girlfriend here, Tamara Mendelssohn, is an internationally recognized writer, a sought-after wellness coach, and an educator with many years of experience teaching business English online and in the classroom. Tamara teaches and coaches using humor, compassion, and empathy, which her students and clients 
must say is her superpower. Loving that. Mm -hmm. When asked about why she started coaching, Tamara laughs and says, I've been coaching all my life, being a good friend, an involved parent, and an empathetic teacher. I just didn't call it coaching until 10 years ago. Tamara received a master's degree from Bar-Ilan University in creative writing and English literature and has a certificate in positive psychology from UPenn. Tamara runs a Facebook page called This Way Forward, where she does exactly that, helping people move forward. Welcome, girlfriend, Tamara. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I am I am very pleased to be here. And if one woman can have an easier time deciding what to do with the rest of her life with her major relationship, then, you know, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it is a can journey. You... It is a choice. Go ahead. Mm. Yeah. It... Can you tell us a little bit about why you became a relationship coach and your journey to getting here? Well, why should ladies be listening to you? The funny thing is I wrote a book mm. called Divorce Poetry, Breaking Free, because the way I made sense of my world was to write poetry. And as any of the writers or even uh, readers out there know, you get the best juicy bits, unfortunately, sometimes when you're going through hell. Mm. And um, one of my favorite quotes, not by a woman, but I'm sure his wife was lovely and his mother and his sisters. And Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, just keep going. <laughs> and that's mm. sort of how I feel. And I broke my divorce journey into five parts. Mm. Uh, breakdown, breakup, broken, breakthrough, break free. Mm. A girlfriend of mine helped me decide that who was getting a divorce at the same time. And I think for a lot of people, and we all know these people, we all have these people in our lives, um, people sometimes a marriage ends and their only choice is bitter and angry. Mm -hmm. And I believe that happiness is a choice. And I believe that as women, we need to teach other women and our sons and daughters, um, what it's like to be resilient. And um, I became a coach because people called me up and said, Tamara, your divorce looks so great from the outside. You and your, your ex talk and you, and you share the kids and the dog ended up with him. Um, <laughs> even though it was our dog, the dog was his, he was his, he was the person, you know, animals have a person. Yeah. He was definitely the person. And I could not listen to this poor dog cry. So the Aww. dog looked him. I know. Um, but so, you know, in a lot of ways, my divorce was freeing. It was also devastating. And the other thing I like to tell people is there's a worksheet actually in the um, workbook that I, that everyone will get a copy of if they sign up for my mailing list is a what if. And, and Flesh and I talked about this. Um, often we don't think about things in because we're so emotionally distraught. You know, we don't think, well, how is this going to feel in six months? What if my friends stop talking to me? What if my social community turns their back because divorce is obviously the woman's fault? Mm. Um, Graying divorce is a phenomenon, and that's what you were talking about, Fleche. 
It's, it's women who reach a certain point in their lives and realize that the things that they, when their children were small or when their business was small or when they had parents to take care of, they kept a relationship together, but it maybe wasn't the right relationship. So that's sort of what you were speaking to. And I really feel like I want to debunk the myth that relationships are a failure mm. in divorce. Relationships end. We don't have the same friendships we maybe had when we were five, 25, 50. Um, they need to serve us. We need to not only be the givers. Yes. And, and I think sometimes, because people used to die when they were, you know, 35, um, <laughs> people stayed married forever, but now people are getting to be 40 and 50 and thinking, oh, I will not be able to stay with this person for 50 more years. Mm. I, I think mine was being buried next to him. I think that was, <laughs> that was like, oh my heavens, no. So Tamara, how long has it been since you got divorced? Because you're, you're sounding very well, very whole, very healed, very together about the whole um, thing. Well, I've <laughs> helped so many people. And so, mm. and I, and I really do love my ex-husband. Um, I never stopped loving him. I just didn't like him for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but he's a great dad and he's remarried. So I think it's been 10 years, 12 years, 12 years, maybe. Mm-hmm. I had a question that's so interesting, graying di divorce. Is that what you called it? Graying, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can literally attest to the graying part. <laughs> right, but it's um, what it's called as a phenomenon, yes. Yes, yes. I think what's so interesting about that is how it might connect with our theme here of um, recovering good girls and how there really is this opportunity in midlife and we just feel it with so many of our friends that there's this you know this this revolution going on inside of ourselves where we we don't want to tolerate the same thing anymore we don't want to wear the good girl mask any longer and i'm curious in your expertise and experience how that plays out in like you're saying the closest relationship so what does one do as they're trying to recover from being a good girl and they're they're looking at their relationship head on and well, you know yeah i i hear you um i think we need to figure out what we want and that's the first question that i ask in this workbook it's what i ask everybody who comes to um to be coached by me mm -hmm. or or possibly um cuz you have to be ready for the hard work and you have to understand if you can't remember what you want, which was where I was, um, I had some really traumatic events happen to me during my 40s. I had um, a brain tumor that was removed. I had PTSD. My mother got very ill and died subsequently. And I flew back and forth taking care of her on the West Coast. Wow. And, um, you know, I do all the carpooling for three weeks and then I'd go for two. It was um she fought the fight. Can I just say she fought the fight? Mm -hmm. And um, I think all those things together made me less patient and less, I thought about it. My kids were teenagers and I thought, 
I'm going to hang in here till I'm 18. Mm. Till they're 18, obviously, till they're 18. Mm -hmm. And I had a lovely counselor at the time. And she said to me, I will be with you if you decide to go. I will be with you if you decide to stay. Mm. And that's something that I, that our friends do for us. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so did is did it play out that way? Did you wait until that your children no. were 18? No. Oh, interesting. No, there was a, a big blow up that had more to do with um, ego than anything. And we did go to counseling and my ex, bless him, charmed the wrong woman in the room. Mm. And all it made me want to do is have my head explode. Because he wasn't, we didn't see what the truth was in the same way. Okay. So. It's very telling, very clarifying moment. And I think that is one of the gifts um, in getting a third party. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I don't always recommend that people go straight to a marriage counselor. I feel like sometimes th th those aren't always the best options. I love getting into a relationship coach, somebody really proactive and forward thinking um, to sort of get in and do that work. One of the things I see my friends struggling with is they, they don't know what they don't know before they, the, the idea of divorce seems and looks and smells like freedom. And then they're pretty quickly hit in the face with some of the realities, like what it would be like to co-parent with that person or the skank <laughs> that, that now is gonna be a part of your life because your ex-partner is like brought some fresh new thing into the relationship that you can, and you have no control. So what are some of the things that you think people need to be thinking about if they're divorce curious? What would you, what, what direction well, would you lead your friends of a certain age in? I would, I would do the practical stuff because the emotional stuff needs to simmer a while. I think, I think I would go to a lawyer depending on the state they're in or the country only to have a, like a first consultation. What would it look like? Because there are some States like California where mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, no fault divorce, and it's a little bit more cut and dried, and you wait 12 months. And, um, and the problem is, usually the more legal of the partnership, the one who's more comfortable with contracts, let's say, mm -hmm. might get you to sign something that you are in no emotional state to sign. Um. Yeah. And I think um, a mediator funnily enough, only wants an agreement. And even in the calmest, friendliest divorces, you need a legal person on your side. Mm -hmm. Right. I believe. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen some really bad agreements. I've seen some people get pretty much destroyed by the process. And divorce is not like pulling off a Band-Aid. It's like breaking your hip. Mm -hmm. It's a process. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, legal advice, I would get a, my head around a financial situation. Who makes what? Mm -hmm. um, what are your assets? And I know this sounds very cold and calculating, 
But if you have any emotions at all, this is going to tear at them in a way that will make it difficult for you to make good decisions. You also have to think about the ramifications of having your children half time, which for me, as a as a 24-7 mom, from the moment they came in the world, um, it was tough at first. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people have to, the way you juggle, you have to be able to communicate with this person that's no longer in your life, but they are. I only know one example of a relationship where someone walked away and they never talked to their ex again, <laughs> but they didn't have children and they didn't have property. Mm. And, they, and so it's a different thing. You know, it's sort of like getting relationship coaching from someone who doesn't have or has never had children. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 the equation is just dumped on its head. And I'm not saying that everyone should have children. I, I absolutely 100% support women or men who decide not to be parents. Absolutely 100%. You be mm -hmm. you, I'll do me. But I never really wanted to get married. I wanted to have children. <laughs> and the way that good girls do that is to get married. Right. Interesting. Ah, interesting. Sure. Yeah. I I share with my friends who are going through divorce because a lot of them who have kids feel so guilty. And it feels like mothers really carry the burden of the 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 children guilt more than men who divorce um and what i try to remind them is that i'm a child of divorce and what happened with my parents happened very early in my life i have no recollection of them together i look at the two of them and i'm like how did you guys ever work together they were not the right fit it's it's very clear to me and they both wound up finding partners who were much better fits for them. And, uh, you know, one of them wound up being a super hands-on parent for me, who I'm extremely close to, to this day. And so I just try to really help the, my friends who have that guilt around that. And, and obviously it's layered and obviously, you know, all the, the nuances, but really like almost like long picture view, um, the opportunities that it will afford your children later on, you, you, you can't even imagine. And I can just speak from my own experience that it, it really did wind up being a gift to all of us, to the kids, to the parents, less bitterness, you know, more uh, progress and they evolved. And, and I think because they did, I got to have a happy, you know, happy family be it in two houses, right? Be it in, in going back and forth, but it was happy. And that's, that's what I try to just remind them because do you find that the, the moms are carrying that weight and that burden? It's, it's a, it's a hard one. I can only imagine. Moms, somebody has to be the mother. Yeah. And even if you're two fathers, somebody has to be the mother. Hmm and or 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 two mothers still somebody has to be the mother and i think the guilt is societal like <sighs> the good girl yes I, it makes me question how many relationship skills people have um yeah. that so many marriages 
that that is the, become the norm, right? I'm tired of you, so I think I'll be happier without you. But I just wonder what people are learning about, um, you know, as a, I'm trained as a marriage and family therapist. And we learned very early on that most people go for counseling when it's way too late. Like you can't really way be fixed by then, right? And once right. resentment is baked in and this has been said and that's been said and can't be taken back, you know, it's just too late. But I wonder about those relationship skills. The signs, the warning signs, right? Um, well, but, mm-hmm. yeah. The warning signs, I think there are, there are cracks even before people get married. I mean, you guys know what a big deal a lot of weddings are. So mm-hmm. much more money, time, and energy is spent on the colors and who's coming and the destination. Well, it's um, an industry, right? It's it's capitalism totally at its finest, pulling it totally at our is. heartstrings. Exactly. And um, it's uh, in some faiths, I do know that you sit with a rabbi or a priest. I'm sure in Islam, there is something as well. So know that there's one meeting maybe mm. or, or five or six and everybody's so giddy and, and wedding planning that they're not even, I mean, I love the couples that say, yeah, we're gonna have a party, but we're gonna put the money toward, a, toward an apartment mm-hmm. or, or we're gonna save money and pay off our student loans or whatever. It's such a more realistic way to look at the whole thing. And we all get caught up in the pomp and circumstance. So excited with all that, you know, the matching shoes and whatever that, you know, it's craziness because that would be such good time spent with a relationship coach. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to fight with with my ex. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't fun to be, I was angry for so long mm-hmm. and women, well, everybody gets angry, but women, men often turn it out, push it out. Women turn it in and that becomes depression, anxiety, um, self-destructiveness. And I think people need to think about things like Maybe fleshy what you said about you and your husband, or Jessica, I don't know anything about your husband, but mm-hmm. but you have to be partners. Yes. And I never felt like a partner. I felt like I was on the opposing team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I was always uh mm-hmm. but to be fair, I'm I left my country, my language, my social circle and started over again in another country. Oh, and what country it, was that? Israel. Oh. And the imbalance of yeah. that. Yeah. It's sort of like living next to your partner's family and not yours. Mm-hmm. It's it's all these things that you have to have a more level playing field. Um, but I think <laughs> a, a level playing field, you know, it's like the difference between the way most women communicate and most men communicate. Women... Yeah try to immediately find common ground. Yes. Men try to one-up each other. Now, these are gross generalities, and I'm sorry if any men are listening, but get over it. So um, this is the kind of thing that that I worry about. And I guess we have to teach our children these things. By yeah. And I think you learned because your 
parents went off and found partners. Mm -hmm. Which isn't to say that the process itself wasn't difficult. My mom says it was the most difficult thing she ever went through. She did not see herself as a young mom with a toddler divorced on her own. That was not the story, right? Nobody thinks about it. Nobody thinks about it. But eventually the, the, it worked through. So there's like you're saying about like, what's the why? What's the big, the big thing of it all? Like that's something to hold on to, I think, as you're going through this extremely painful process, you know, for sure. I wanted to re- remind um, uh, everyone that there's this interesting uh, statistic about grandiose weddings that they, and I'll try to find the stats for this and put it in the show liner notes, but that the more we pay for our weddings, the more lavish they are, the greater chance of divorce. Today's episode is brought to you in part by our dear friend and girlfriend of a certain age, relationship coach, Tamara Mendelson. We wanted you to meet Tamara because she brings a really fresh perspective to relationships that we thought you needed to know about. You can learn more about Tamara at tamaramendelson.com. Hi, Tamara Mendelson here, relationship coach. Relationships are hard. And I wrote the mini relationship roadmap to help you along the way in your own relationship. Tips and tricks and some exercises to help figure out if your relationship is broken or if you're just angry. So sign up for our email down below and get on our mailing list and I'll send you out this workbook right away. Talk soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Impact Vocal Coaching. Do you need to improve your public speaking skills? You can increase your confidence and skill with my new training course. It's called Impact, the essential public speaking course for your online and in-person presentations with me, voice coach Jessica Neighbor. You will improve your speaking effectiveness for your meetings, for your podcasts, and for your social gatherings with girlfriends of a certain age. I'm an international voice coach and author, and I've been teaching professionally for 20 years. You'll learn valuable speech skills in my streamlined six-step process. And listeners of Girlfriends of a Certain Age get two bonuses when you join soon. You can join the Impact Vocal Coaching course at impactvocalcoaching.com. Hope to see you inside. Stay calm and speak on. So something to think about. Yeah. Well, I had divorced grandparents. Mm. Like my grandmother married five times and I think she killed almost every one of them. She was was carcinogenic in a way that, um, God rest her soul. Um, Wow. And my other grandmother, uh, she divorced someone who was, I think, probably abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you didn't talk about it then, but my parents were married for 49 years and there are three divorces in my family out of four kids. Mm. Right. So, it's so normal, but it, with this 50% divorce rate, 
why is it still so taboo? Why is it exactly. still this huge, shameful, big because D that women feel that they to, wear around on their chest, you know? Because we allow that to continue. One of the other things, Jessica, um, or maybe Flesha asked me is why I started this, because divorce is not a failure. Divorce yeah. is not a failure. It's an end of a relationship. It's a change in a relationship. Telling your children that it's a failure I mean, my children bless their hearts. At the In the back of my book, when I wrote like a little bio, it says, and my children have promised me that I did not ruin their lives. <laughs> and they as teenagers don't remember us together. Interesting. Yeah. Very so interesting. So I just, I think, you know, we as good girls, you have to stay in that marriage, even if it's killing you. And I think at one point I did choose my own life, me. Um, shattered pieces of a mirror all over the floor. Mm -hmm. That was an image I had in my poetry. That's, and that I put it back together very differently. But I, I have a tough question. I have a couple of friends right now going through a really ugly divorce with a really challenging partner. In both cases, they're at least narcissists and there might even be some other issues going on. I see the toll it takes on them. Um, and I wonder what you do when it is a contentious separation and when one partner is unwilling or unable to play nice. Most of them are <laughs> contentious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the big truths of the universe, we cannot control anything but how we respond. Hmm. And I tell people, your children are not your therapists. Your children are not cannon fodder. Your, can you tell I have a degree in English literature? <laughs> cannon fodder across the field. Um, <laughs> and it's very hard not to ever say anything negative about your partner. But if you do, your children will have no choice but to defend that other person because they see you as the strong party. Um, you know, make sure all your legal ducks are in a row. Uh, I, I know someone who only texts mm -hmm. and, and does not respond if it's a rambling whatever. Mm -hmm. um, tells her kids she loves them 700 times a day. And I think most kids intuitively figure out that if they're mommy's happy or their mommy daddy's happy or their daddy daddy's happy <laughs> there'll be less stress in the house they feel it i mean adults that think children cannot tell that there's tension in a house are delusion that's right i mean when i when i told my son i mean we tried to tell him together but when we were doing that he said oh thank god it's about time wow my daughter, of course, had no idea and ran away from home. I sent her brother after her. She's She was a little focused, but she is the strongest, most resilient woman I know. So, um, And so I'm so grateful to you for sharing and sharing openly about your own story. And I know you're helping so many girlfriends of a certain age to get clear about that too. Um, I know you made something just for our community. Do you want to tell us about how that can help the divorce curious among us? Absolutely. Um, I won't read it, 
but it's called your relationship roadmap. Is it broken or are you just angry? And it's, a, it's questions, like I said before, it talks about boundaries, it talks about what you want, it talks about what ifs, which are so important when you, when you, I mean, some people are like, oh, if it doesn't work out, I'll just get divorced. Well, that changes so much as we get older, as, as our children come into the world. It, and I guess as a coach, I mean, most people probably don't know the difference between a counselor and a coach. I use my experience to inform my coaching. Um, and I try to get people to be okay with who they are. Hmm. They're enough just the way they are. I actually have clients write that down on a post-it and stick it on the bottom of their computer. I am enough. Because sometimes you need to see that every day for a thousand days before you figure it out. For um, our listeners, they get this 16-page, maybe 14-page workbook with the what-if worksheet. All they have to do is um, follow the link that you'll put down below, and it'll go right, it's even shortened. It'll go right to the website, they do their email, and then it'll be, they can download it immediately. And it's really a jumping off point for anybody who who is, um, I mean, I don't know very many happily married people. Um, and what it looks like from the outside is never what happens on the inside, as we all know this. And our world is under so much stress right now. And there's so many pressures on us that sometimes, you know, the bow breaks, but it doesn't always have to. And that's what this workbook is. It's really a walk through. What do you want? What do you see? Mm -hmm. How does it feel? And then if they want to set up a call with me after that, or even just send me an email and tell me how it goes. It's such a wonderful resource to know because I think that so many people who are thinking about it and like being curious about it feel like they probably have to like Flaché was saying, either go straight to a counselor um, or to a lawyer. And that it's really interesting to know that there's a multitude of options. And I love the idea of just having this workbook to sit with yourself to to get clear about it. Because there's also, I think, sometimes the, the feeling of, oh, no, this is doomed. You know, I know because I come from a divorce background, it was like a, one of my greatest fears with my husband. And that the irony is like, he's just he's my man. Like we just, we clicked, we hit it. I went through a lot of bad relationships. Um, but like my own sort of trauma around that gets triggered sometimes. Oh no, this is what's going to happen. You know? So I've had to work on my own way of realizing, Hey, every hiccup, every, you know, dispute isn't leading to the big D necessarily. And I mean, at this point <laughs> we're 20 years into it. It's like, <laughs> we're pretty straight up with one each other and you know but also knowing that things can change so i guess i'm also just thinking about this from the point of view of someone who's curious but might not actually like you said they just might be really pissed off they might just be really angry about well, something absolutely and that's the difference in a way if you think of a marriage as a venn diagram mm. you, you've got you and he or she and that middle ground should be the coming together, but it's often the point of contention. 
And so you have to back yourself up far enough that you can actually talk to each other like adults. And sometimes a third party is helpful. And also we got to quit keeping score. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one yeah. thing that I've been in a partnership for a decade now, and one of the things that we, he came out of a, his divorce was contentious. And um, one of the things that, that we talked about is we can't keep score. Nobody wins when you keep score. No, no. And I kept score for a long time. I got great advice from Dan Savage. I don't know if you all are aware of him, but he's a, he's a relationship and sex columnist who now has a podcast, but he had the I funniest, love I love him. He had the funniest answer for someone in a relationship who was saying that her uh, partner never um, folded clothes and that she always did it and that she was really getting bitter about it. And it was this like mounting resentment building. And he had such a great spin on it um, because the same, the same dynamic, dynamic happens in my house. But what he said is, well, what does your partner do that you don't do? And I'm like, oh, right. Hmm. So it's one thing if it's like, I'm doing all this crap and they're not, but it's like, oh yeah, he takes the garbage out and you know, he, he fixes our cars. And it's like, it, the even, the evenness was something that I remember him saying, let go of that. It's not like you fold one day and I fold another. It's like, what are your, what are your things that you resist the least? And then how do you complement each other with that? Because the keeping score, I remember I was like folding the laundry. I was all mad. <laughs> I thought, yeah, he's never going to, this is not his thing. And then when he folds it, it's awful anyways. <laughs> well, it might be that he just doesn't want to, but my partner does the dishes. I don't know why he's afraid of the dishwasher, but he does the dishes and I do the laundry. Voila. Mostly because I don't trust him. Well, Tamara, was there anything else you wanted um, to point out or highlight before we play our fun girlfriends of a certain age game with you? Oh my goodness. Um, here to help, here to listen. I'm so excited about this community. Um, any way to get a hold of me, go for it. Anybody has just a question, I'll return you know, the email as fast as I can. Hopefully the website will not crash and burn. Um, no, I'm just happy to be here, girlfriends. Awesome. Well, we really, really appreciate you taking on a pretty sticky topic. Uh, and I feel like you have a really wonderful outlook and can, can really help clarify things for people. Um, so are you ready to play a game? Okay. We want to ask you a fun question what is something that you are not giving a shit about today in your current life that your younger self used to worry about? That good girl part of you, perhaps, that you're now recovering from used to worry about. Um, I was a people pleaser. And I realized who my real friends were after my divorce and... I actually had someone say to me, I hand to God, well, you're going to be bitter and alone. Your children's lives are going to be ruined. He's going to find someone right away. And you expect too much from marriage. 
Well, I mourned that relationship for a long time, but then I realized that it was only one direction. Mm. Yeah. Bye-bye. So I guess I can have less friends, but better friends. And I don't, someone doesn't want to have coffee with me or I make an effort and they don't reach back. It's not about me. We're enough. We are enough. We are enough. We are enough. We're more than enough. Yeah, truly. Thank you. It was my great pleasure. <laughs> and my word for the year is grace. Hmm. Nice. Grace. 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 Beautiful one. Beautiful one. All right. Well, on that beautiful note and that beautiful word, we'll let um, everyone just think about that. So until next time, girlfriends, a lot to take in here <laughs> and uh, can't wait to discuss more. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today to Girlfriends of a Certain Age podcast. Do you have a girlfriend who needs to hear this message? Share this episode with her. She will love you forever. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for more episodes where we discuss more hot topics about girlfriends living their best lives. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and girlfriendsofacertainage.com.